Welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper. I'm Megan Lee. I'm Lucy Hounsom. And I'm Charlotte Bond. So, writing better female characters is covered in a lot of writing advice. Many of these pieces will preface their comments with sarcastic comments like, women are people too, duh. This sort of statement, I think, should make the topic a moot point. Not how to write better female characters, but how to write better characters. Period. And yet, half of humankind apparently needs its own set of rules for being represented well in prose. So, let's talk about the most common terrible cliches and problematic tropes we see when female characters are written poorly. Oh, well, you only have to go on TV tropes to check out a few of them. I mean, like, the evil seductress, um, the poor, raped, nameless girl, the disposable love interest, you know, the mother-in-law figure from hell, uh, which I quite liked on one of the links you sent through that (laughs) said mother-in-laws are very rarely like that, apart from my dad's mother-in-law, who (laughs) is also fantastic. We love my grandma. Um, But you know what I mean? (laughs) But yeah, you see a lot of these these kind of tropes that, that come out and we actually we've covered pretty much all of these almost in our previous episodes you know but we've talked about temp dresses we've talked about chaste maidens you know we've talked about the way that women are quite easily pigeonholed into these convenient categories uh, and then kind of used in a fairly two-dimensional context in a story i think what really bugs me um is when all of the women everywhere are sexualized. Um, and I like the um, the article that came through from um, Bull Panda about the, was it Tumblr, where all the women posted letters to the ma- male writers going, you know, it's not sexy when we shampoo our hair. We've kind of done it for 30 years. And if we try and take one pin out of our updo, actually it's 137 pins. And then there's a load of hairspray on there anyway. And it's just like all these terrible cliches that, just seem to have got into the consciousness. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was a kid seeing um, was it Ursula Andress coming out of the um, coming out of the the sea in uh, James Bond and just you know mm-hmm. throwing her hair and thinking that was fantastic. It's like actually no, your hair wouldn't do that. It has to be styled just right because as soon as you come out of the sea, it's all plastered down your back and it ain't going anywhere. Uh, but it's just these things seem to get into our consciousness and just permanently there and I mean I even find myself doing it and you know writing about how she looks at the time because that's what I see in my head and then when I go back I'm like actually that's a really terrible thing to focus on or alternatively I've written about what she looks like but I've not written about what he looks like and I have to go back in and you know and and even it out because I think it's pretty fair to have you know a sexy woman walk on if you have a sexy man as well or if you you know balance it out somehow because you are are allowed to have you know sexualized women They're, they do exist but they shouldn't be that every single woman is sexualized and every guy is you know buff and macho and and that kind of description yeah we were also just going to point out that um we're so much more likely to comment on a female's appearance than we are on a man's i mean take the 10 o'clock news for example um i've watched my parents do this you know fairly often um you know, the news will come on and usually it's the regional news and my mum will say, oh, she's looking dreadful tonight. I mean, that red top does absolutely nothing for her. <laughs> and if it's a man, that'd be no comment whatsoever. And even I find myself doing this like, oh, you know, I don't think they should have worn, they shouldn't, shouldn't let her wear that pattern blouse on television. And we've just programmed, pre-programmed to uh, remark 
about these quite shallow, you know, it's, it's what you'd see without delving any deeper into, you know, people as people. Um, and I find that we give men a, a, a free pass on this, whereas we really, you know, have a dig at the woman. Yeah, I remember when uh, Theresa May came into power and somebody had a wonderful little piece, one of the satirical news sites had a wonderful piece about her husband and how he was dressed and how natty he looked. And it was like, God, it sounds so ridiculous when applied to a man. And yet this is exactly what they do with the women. And later on, there was a, a key meeting between Theresa May and Angela Merkel. And I still got it somewhere on my phone. I screenshotted it. A picture from the front of the Daily Mail going, who wins the battle of the shoes? And I'm like, these are two powerful women. And you're reducing them down to what they wear. And that's just, I mean, that's Daily Mail and it's just terrible anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think sometimes you get an element of that in, in certain books. Hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the one thing for me is that I often see, at least sort of now, is the, the whole, oh, we, we don't want to say that we've got, you know, too many male characters. So we will give you a really, like, important female character but none others like it's just one woman and a sausage party that does not make for a good time <laughs> <laughs> well maybe for me sometimes you get this where there is a woman in power um and she's surrounded by men i know that one of the um articles that megan sent through sort of said um you know change the the powerful president into a powerful female president and suddenly you've got it you know completely different but she would naturally be surrounded by men. And I think, like you say, sometimes it's kind of necessary because she's a woman in a man's world. But I also kind of feel that sometimes when they have kick-ass women, they're not surrounded by other kick-ass women. They are a lone exception. And more importantly, they don't seek out other women. Mm. They sort of prefer to hang with the men. And that's the kind of um, cliche that seems to have appeared quite recently in a, in a way to address what well, is a very sort of macho things that, you know, get Mad Max and stuff like that. You then introduce characters like um, Charlie Theron. But the wonderful thing about her is she still helps the other women and she still finds a female support group. You look in, you know, certain other things and you just have, you know, the, the woman who is alone and can't possibly have female friends because women just don't get her. Men don't get her either. But I'm like, no, it's it is OK for a strong woman to have other women perhaps not as strong around her she doesn't need to stand alone mm. that the woman in isolation trope is fairly popular isn't it and it's often an argument that you know typically is put forward to say oh look you know I do have female characters in my book but they always exist in isolation from each other they never have this there's no idea of sisterhood there's no idea of women meeting up with other women and just talking about what we talk about, um, which is realistic. They just have this kind of like lone heroine marching steadfastly across a desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching, um, this is going to highlight my guilty pleasures, but um, Sierra Burgess is a Loser, which is an, uh, a recent Netflix teen rom-com type film because... You know, I live vicariously through these things. Um, but what I really enjoyed about it was that the kind of the setup, you know, the standard one you see in these films where it's like, oh, the nice female protagonist. And then there's the evil hot bitch who, of course, is going to get her comeuppance or whatever. And so it's like from 
the very beginning there will be that kind of antagonism between two women and that's often like a big focal point of the narrative but this one was really fun and a bit different where one I'd say one of two focal points is the fact that the main girl and the you know the set up so-called bitchy beautiful one become best friends that was a really nice like I don't know it was just because they set it up all the time you know even you know in in Specfic as well, you always get that kind of, you know, if there's a female villain, it's usually against a female protagonist. And there's, you know, it's always women against each other rather than becoming friends or be supporting each other. And so that was a really nice twist. I enjoyed that. I think the other thing thinking about horror that I really hate and the cliche and the problematic trope that's always associated with women is the losing your virginity thing in horror movies. Um, and I mean, I watch, I've got a friend, a female friend that we we watch horror movies with. So we're always commenting on this kind of thing. And we watched Dead Snow. And I mean, that is just a brilliantly spectacular, awful and wonderful film all at the same time. And it had the whole, oh, she's had sex, clearly she, you know, she's going to die. And in some films like it, you know, it almost, it almost adds to the anticipation because you know it's coming. But if you step back and look at it, it's just... It's so appallingly terrible. You think of the amount of sex that obviously the guys have, have had in this and they're all seducing the virgin or whatever. And the guys kind of meet a sticky end, but it's always much more low-key than it is with the woman. Um, and I think that's a, a very a very problematic trope within horror in general. And I think that taking the mick out of it is, is one way of highlighting it, but I also think it needs to be just, well, pretty much completely removed. I don't see why anyone, male or female, should be penalised for having sex. Here, here. So we've seen what some of the terrible cliches that we want to avoid are, but what are some of the you know common pieces of writing advice you hear about you know what we can do to write better female characters? Huh. Well, for starters, I hear um, don't write a man or a woman, write a human being, <laughs> which makes me smile because you know surely that's what you should be doing anyway I mean but it's sad because we do live in a heavily gendered society and and it's almost like you know you you're creating these prisons for your characters before you've even begun to write them which is is awful you know so I see that a lot as you know don't don't think of them you know write write people write humans write living beings don't immediately put them into little boxes um and and don't recreate our own institutions of gender in your own story when it's unnecessary well megan sent around a an article by um ny book editors and it it made the very valid point that um obviously as i've said many times um conflict is a real driver for um any book at all that's what moves it forward and what keeps the tension going and uh, this article made the very valid point that the best kind of conflict is always with a man versus a woman simply because they have such different approaches to life and different ways of viewing things and different ways of going about things. And that's obviously um, evolutionary, historical, social, whatever, you know, all the influences that have been on us throughout history. But as a writer and looking at it, it's quite true that actually it's really great to have a man with certain qualities and a woman with certain qualities that both complement and conflict with the man and kind of keep going. And that's a really, really easy one to write. Um, and it's one of the reasons when I tend to write stuff, I write a man and a woman's point of view because you get two completely opposing points of view. And I never sort of 
write them as you know a man or a woman and I don't think they're a human being well I do think they're a human being but I don't kind of go oh I must make them human it's like well what kind of traits do I think my female character would have or do I think my male character would have and then and then you kind of balance it out and I think that is how you write a human being it's going back to the idea of you're not in isolation you are defined by your reactions to other people so you can only really have a strong female character or a strong male character if you show how they are strong not just in the face of you know some badass guy coming at them with you know two swords and a machine gun how they how they interact with the other protagonists and the secondary characters as well kate elliott really um very um eloquently articulated this in her essay on um writing women characters for tour.com um but she says that women's stories if you're if you're going to write you know female characters don't assume that women have no interesting stories because of some historical precedent that you've heard about you know that that you know, we hear that men are the heroes in warfare and stuff all the time. We hear that they're politicians, that they shape the world. But there, there's no such thing as as an uninteresting life. You know, we, we're all shaped by our experiences and we all have our stories to tell. One thing that I thought was really very good that I don't think I do enough of is is filling in tertiary characters with women. So you've got your main protagonists who are probably the point of view characters. You've then got secondary um, protagonists or secondary characters who are very, very close to the action, um, interact a lot with the main protagonists and so on. And then you've got tertiary characters that sort of fill in um, the little bits, the people they pass in the street. Um, I thought about the guards in Lucy's um, novel Starborn, where there's you know a female guard as well as a male guard. And then I thought about my own stuff, and I went, well, I've just had a scene in my current work in progress where um, my two characters go to the market, and they buy some pies, and they buy some meat. And they buy it both from men. And I hadn't thought about this, and I'm like, there are just men at this market, but my three main protagonists are all girls, and they've all gone to the market together. How are there not other women selling stuff? And I think it's something like that that you just automatically don't necessarily think about. It is something that I think you would need to actively put a big note on top of your laptop screen. Have I got enough tertiary characters that are women? (laughs) Um, And I think sometimes you spend so long trying to get the main bits right. Sometimes you forget that it's even just the little bits at the edges that can make a real difference as well. Yeah. um, So I went to this uh, work conference thing yesterday. This is a bit of a sidetrack, but it just really bugged me. And I I think it, it, it comes back to this whole trying to challenge our you know our defaults challenging what our first thoughts necessarily are because they had this example where they had you know someone it was basically like three people in a business and you had the hierarchy the top person the middle person like the middle manager and then the the junior um member of staff and so of course you have the top level the director who they had represented as a picture, you know, a generic picture of a white middle-aged man. And then you had the middle management guy, the white, slightly younger man. <laughs> Are you seeing where this is going? I think I you might have a good guess what going. the third picture might be. <laughs> and the junior staff member was a white female, about 25. <sighs> And, you know, it was just one of these things that they just, like, mocked up an example to, like, make a point on this slide that they were presenting. And they, you know, I don't think anyone would have, 
I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they actually literally thought about this and went, oh, that actually says something bad. But just the fact that they go in and, and kind of, you know, that's the, that's the default thing. Maybe, you know, go in and if you have your equivalent of a director level character, make them a woman. Make them a black woman. Have them, you know, just think about other people. <laughs> it's, it's stop reinforcing the stereotypes. That's just the... Yeah, I think yeah that would be agree. the kind of thing. Anytime you create a character, if you think about, just check that you aren't reinforcing a stereotype. If it's you've got like the I'm trying to you know the the hot cheerleader, make something about her that makes a difference. Make her the hot male cheerleader, or make her the you know make it the hot cheerleader who loves to make giant pizzas i don't know whatever but <laughs> sometimes it's as simple as that you know sometimes it's as simple as just switching their gender you know and and it's like it's such a stupid thing in a way because you think well why should this matter so much but just as you've demonstrated it does matter and these um these attitudes become defaults for a reason that you know management are always men and they're always white men and we should be asking ourselves why this has become unconscious that we're just selecting these images and equating them with senior positions so i guess it's just awareness it's just be aware that we are treading through a minefield of stereotypes just going back to megan's example of the um, hot cheerleader who likes pizza <laughs> again i think it's even it's even more subtle than you know swapping the genders you don't need to have a story about a hot male cheerleader you could just equally have a story about a cheerleader who really enjoys pizza and has a depth to her character beyond looking pretty and cheerleading and revolving around the football team because all the cheerleader storylines you see they're all about the football team and supporting the football team and and i know that's technically what cheerleaders do but at the same time i'm pretty sure they all go out you know if not for pizza then go into each other's houses and discuss things and chat about things and have hopes and dreams and you know likes and dislikes yeah and so, a lot of them do it for their uh you know transcripts for colleges etc exactly so why not focus your your cheerleader story on those aspects rather than on the the generic ones that we've all seen time and time again yeah, and I, I'd like to sort of circle back a little bit to, you know, the, the whole idea of having the, the female completely alone and isolated, um, because one of the, the kind of the most common things I see um, in advice for writing a good character, no matter the gender, is, you know, give them a friend. But I think that's absolutely, like, so critical in writing female characters because they often are so isolated. And I would say the same thing for a female villain, because, you know, villains aren't these moustache-twirling, ridiculous whatevers. They are still people that just happen to have different views from your protagonists. And villains can have friends too. Like, you know, helps make them a bit more rounded. And, and again, it's that kind of interplay between people. You have them react to people that they actually like as well as dislike and then you get to see different aspects of their personality and it just makes for a far more interesting and well-rounded character uh so what about bad advice you've heard you mean there's there's lots of bad advice out there so what have you heard that's made you go oh no 
Well, just ascribing male characteristics to females as a shortcut into saying, well, look, I have plenty of female characters and here they are. And they're basically like men, just they're not men. And I just think that's lazy. And while I fully support the idea of kick-ass women who can do everything men can do, it's that's the whole point. They can do everything men can do. What about can they do everything a woman can do? It seems to be taking the emphasis off female power and saying that more female power doesn't matter and that all other women are by comparison deeply uninteresting and powerless so we must ascribe these masculine traits to make my female character interesting so i think that is that's an example of something that's been interpreted poorly um you know that it it was Possibly on on the surface, it started out as something positive, like, you know, okay, women can be warriors too, that's fine. But it's become um, overused and I think misunderstood. Uh, And I I just don't like the idea of of female um, qualities being completely subsumed into a a kind of this this very, it's, it's kind of toxic masculinity, actually, when it comes down to it. When I was reading the script, mag.com article that megan sent around and it had a load of really good stuff in it like make sure your female character has a past that she's whole remember she can be funny and serious or even if she's funny there are times when she cannot be funny i really like the fact that it talked about you know both bimbos and macho men are stereotypes and they're both wrong and they both need striking from your manuscript but the one thing i find a bit too generalized is the advice Check that you're not writing a stereotype and ask yourself, can you swap the genders without a complete rewrite? If you can't, then you're doing it wrong. And I I kind of bridled a bit of that because I know we've obviously talked about, you know, looking at a character and going, can I make this male character into a female character? And the majority of the times there's no good reason why you can't, you know, you could just flip it. But I think sometimes there are you want a particular character who needs to act in a particular way, and those characteristics tend to be more with one gender than another. So men and women are very different. I think there was, there was one article that said, um, it, in fact, it was the same article. Uh, no, it was the um, NY Book Editor's article saying that women tend to seek to be of service and to help and support others, whereas men tend to pick tasks that will show off their abilities and are quite egotistical. And there's nothing wrong with either of those. It's just the way people have been. So I think sometimes saying, can you switch the gender? No, you can't. Well, then it must be completely wrong is is way too general. And I think there are some roles that are very definitely, um, definitely male roles and some that are very definitely female roles. Uh, because of the way the characters themselves look at the world, the way they interact with other characters of the same sex and the opposite sex. So I think, can you swap gender is a very good question to ask. But at the same time, if you even if you can't, that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's bad that you've got into a stereotype. You go, OK, well, I, I might have you know this stereotype over here, but is it balanced out by another female character? Is it the fact that this stereotype goes on to change and become something wholly unexpected rather than, you know, just the, the stereotypical change you would expect from this particular type of character? character i think you really need to go beyond rules sometimes and look at what your character traits are whether they are appropriate whether they're reinforcing stereotypes and even if they are can you change it just a little bit to make it less predictable and more life-affirming okay i have to disagree a little bit (laughs) well it wouldn't be you and i if we didn't disagree a bit (laughs) 
um about like women and men having like different roles necessarily but I think you know that comes from me being you know growing up a, a real tomboy I have you know never ever had a nurturing bone in my body unless it was towards a cat um <laughs> I, I think, you know, you know, saying that, you know, men tend to be more egotistical, narcissistic. I I don't know. I I think for me, I can't really think that there are specific roles that a man could have that a wouldn't couldn't and vice versa. So I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. But I do think that you have to pay attention to what makes sense for that character any person is shaped by their experiences, their upbringing, etc. So if you have a, you know, maybe a, a female character who has a lot of like what would be considered traditionally male characteristics, you know, make it make sense for her character, why she's like that, or maybe she's just a bit like me and just obtuse. So that's fine too. <laughs> But as long as it, it does make sense for the character, but I, I'm not as convinced by the uh, the idea that there are roles that maybe wouldn't fit either gender. Well, when I say roles, I don't mean like, you know, jobs or as we were talking TV tropes earlier. I guess I was saying if you've got them in a, a story and they're acting in a particular way, it might not necessarily be that they're a stereotype. It might just be that they're being believable because again I suppose maybe it it does differ but I know a lot of women who you know do act like the the romance heroine well maybe not the romance heroines but but, you know people in in fiction books and do reinforce stereotypes um I mean my husband and I have a joke that we're the 1950s household because he goes out to work and I stay at home and I clean and I cook and you know but at the same time I do my writing and my editing and my reviewing and my podcasting you know and I've I've trained up as a lawyer and so that on first glance it may look like mm. you know the character is one thing but actually it is another way um and I don't think you would get the same story um as you would with the guy so for example say you need them to be walking out alone at the, on the streets at night for it's going to be more obvious for a male character to do that not necessarily for a female character it's a very different story just you know a paragraph of a female character walking down the street at night is very different to a paragraph about a male character walking down the street at night particularly if there's lots of clubs pouring out and things like that Mm. and it's not it's not being stereotypical it's not being negative it's it's just that is the way the world works and that's the way the characters react um so again it's you know it's not something you should be lazy about and you should you know think a sensible woman might not walk down this street but i'm just saying it's sometimes it is something that you do need to think and go well actually you know it doesn't matter that I'm writing it differently to the way I would write it from a man because that is the realities for women. And, you know, that is how a woman feels walking down a dark street. Mm, that's actually a really interesting example. Um, I don't know if either of you have read The Power by Naomi Alderman. Um, it's r- really good. But the, basically the, the premise is that, that kind of the, the balance of power is switched because women start to develop this this power. And so and one of the early kind of scenes is when talking about a man being afraid to walk down the street and it kind of flips that whole thing and it and it feels really weird to read it because it's just something you so associate with women but that's what makes it so powerful and so interesting so it's it's a good example it's interesting to talk about loaded scenes like that is exactly 
what I found when I was flipping the gender of my main character in Starborn. You know, I just realized that, you know, there were these scenes which before had been quite straightforward and they became very loaded when the gender was flipped because there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't considered um, before and they it, the stuff that didn't apply when that character was, was male and it suddenly did and it suddenly mattered. So, yeah, I think there are definitely situations where you know which we in which we behave differently um depending on kind of how we've been raised and how we see ourselves and how society paints us as men and women and also i think it depends on the type of book you want to write there are some books that just naturally work well with the experience of women there's some books that just work naturally well with the experience of men um so you know flipping a gender might turn a very heroic book into a very angsty book and that might not be what you want so you know whichever gender you've chosen you might just be better sticking with that and you know trying to incorporate better gender characters in the the surrounding characters there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. and i feel like this is this is becoming a very binary discussion isn't it (laughs) where we're talking about extremes of course yes yeah i mean uh it was funny to look at you know all those um women who are calling out male writers for for writing poor female characters and it feels like at some point someone must have given some advice about like okay well if you're thinking about a you know writing a female character you need to acknowledge that women's bodies are different and they have different those physical elements about a woman you must pay attention to that difference so you know you have these women like these female characters who constantly think about their breasts or like you know if their breasts are going to fit through a doorway or (laughs) you know their breasts entering the room before they do or um you know constantly thinking and worrying about their periods and and like i you know like i think about it because it hurts and that I'm prepared for it, but that's about it. (laughs) Like I, you know, I don't sit there thinking, Oh, you know, I'm currently bleeding. Oh dear. (laughs) When you see these things come up, you know, time and time again, you know, and you just facepalm and think who who suggested that this was a, a thing that you should include that, Oh, I'm writing a female character. I must include something about the fact that she is a physically different creature to, to my masculinity, you know? And I, I just, I feel like there must've been some bad advice somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what? The fact that we're even having this discussion, I feel like we should have a follow up episode called writing male characters. <laughs> oh yes. Isn't it crazy that, that there are so many articles about how to write a female character yep. like as if we are like a totally different species of of being as if we're not human as if it's incredibly difficult to imagine yourself as a female i mean like it's just bizarre isn't it well i think that's because quite a few male writers sort of say or male readers say that they struggle to get into you know the mind space of a woman so you've got a lot of articles sort of saying well if you've got male readers like this you know this is how you get around and write a good female character but I don't think there are many women that go around and say actually I couldn't get inside that that guy's head um not necessarily because women are more empathetic or more understanding but just because they've grown up with so many books about men it's just become second nature I think so I, I think the articles that are about how to write a good man are pretty much how to write a good protagonist or how to write a good villain. Yeah, or but whatever. so should all the the ones about writing a good woman. They should be the the same sort of things. I mean, this is the whole thing about using your imagination. Like, if you can imagine 
a character that is a dragon, something that does not exist, sadly, in the real world, surely you can imagine what it might be like to be a woman. And if you can't, you know, there's like half the population of the world. You could go and ask or, you know, you could befriend one. I know we're strange creatures, but it's okay. We don't bite too often. <laughs> Just watch, learn, go go people watch, go hang out with some women. We're not terrifying, you know, but apparently we are super strange and and terrifying mysterious creatures, and that's okay if you think that. But maybe just, you know, be the Jane Goodall to the womankind. Come on, men, you can do it. Think of it as a science experiment. You can come and, and bridge the gap. Learn to communicate with us. Come on. No, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really sad. I, I don't understand why we have this thing of people saying that, you know, we need to learn how to write women characters. You know, it should just be characters in general. But we all seem to have this hang up that we need particular advice or particular help in writing female characters more so than men. I mean, we could also flip it and say, well, that's because women are far more complex and interesting than men. So it's just, you know, it's harder to capture our incredible essence on the page. But I like incredible essence. (laughs) I'm going to go with that. I don't know. I think it's just that it, there are so many male characters out there and there are some terrible, terrible ones, but there are also loads of really brilliant ones. I mean, Lucy and I could talk Pratchett or Tolkien or anything like that. And Megan and I could talk any of the Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's great characters in that lot. There's some good female characters as well, but there's lots of great male characters in, in all these things. And I just think getting a female character right seems to have just been something that a lot of people have kind of aimed at and missed and therefore they feel that or authors or editors whatever feel that they need to have good female characters because people have got it wrong i'm not explaining very well (laughs) well no no, i get that you are because otherwise we wouldn't have this podcast and we wouldn't spend you know, every second week talking about tropes and stereotypes and how it, they need to be subverted or challenged. So, you know, there is there is definitely a discussion here and there's certainly a, a problem about representation, um, you know, because we do talk about such thing as poor representation and it's obviously not only women who suffer from that. Um, what is bizarre is that we do make up 50% of the population um, so we're not extremely difficult to get to know, as as Megan was saying. I mean, do you think there's any particular issues that have come up more recently? You know, are you seeing any trends of these problematic tropes appearing, or or even how, how are we getting rid of any? Well, I think that the main, the main problematic trope at the moment, which you you t- sort of touched on earlier is this idea that people are so desperate to have a strong female character that they go to extremes and try to interpret that as a what was the phrase i've read a dude with a skirt on and just go to be a strong female character clearly she has to be as good as, as all the men and it's like well actually no she just has to be good on her own terms she doesn't have to be good like a man um so i think that's kind of it's almost like people have tried to write better female characters and also completely missed it just as 
much as as if they hadn't written any at all. Um, so I think that's that's one problem. Um, I can't stand the whole rape or sexual assault as a motivator, which as you get more female protagonists who need to be, you know, conflicted and interesting, and someone both male and female, I'm sure, just go, oh, it's just, you know, clearly she was raped or sexually abused when she was younger. And it's like, no, there are plenty of reasons, you know, that doesn't need to be it. And also, I'm pretty sure that someone who's who's raped would not necessarily, you know, forget about it as quickly as these characters seem to do and kind of put it behind them. I mean, it definitely shapes you as as a person. I find that interesting because it's like the, you know, how we were talking about in the last episode where kind of the male character gets pushed on his quest because of sort of, you know, a death of his girlfriend or, you know, something like that. So you have that disposable character prompting the man to go on a quest. And then you have for the female, it's her being raped. So in in both cases, it's something terrible happening to a woman, despite the gender of the protagonist just an interesting thing to note so yeah very rare i suppose that a woman goes on a a rampage because somebody killed her husband um that would make a good story now i think about it although actually uh hats off to tim levin who wrote that as part of his book the hunt uh, which was very good and had a very good female protagonist who did go on a rampage because somebody killed her family um i was i really enjoyed that book the other thing I was going to say is I kind of I kind of thought about this one long and hard. I think that women being very passive, having no agency is a really big thing. So you could have a woman in a story and I've read lots and lots of them. I read one recently and they have no agency. They don't have any pro. They don't have a lot of um, pro action within it. And it's quite difficult because writing a strong female character in most settings is going to involve them being strong within a very male dominated world. So as they try to rise up, they are always going to be pushed down, um, particularly if you're writing any kind of fantasy. And I think that is a problem that needs to be addressed. And I think it needs to be addressed as a fine balance. Um, There was one of Megan's articles that talked about the difference between weakness and flaws so a weak character who never has any action, who is always passive, even though she's up against tremendous odds of this male-dominated society, just isn't interesting. Um, but having a few flaws and still fighting her way around is quite good. But I, I don't necessarily think that's a balance that a lot of writers get sometimes. I think they just go for the, oh, she's completely swamped, she can't do anything, and then just assume that everybody will, you know, side with her. And it's like, no, that's I kind of want her to be a bit more proactive, a bit have a bit more agency and be a bit more successful in fighting back against the system rather than being crushed at every turn. When we were talking about tropes that disappeared, you know, I don't know whether to say that the raper's motivation has disappeared because I think it's just that I don't read the books that contain it. So I can't say whether it's disappeared. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say that I haven't seen it so much but it might just be because i'm deliberately avoiding the kinds of books it might appear in that's fair i mean one i think that has sort of come up more often and i think is kind of a sign of some positive movement but just that it's being handled really poorly would be the kind of the rogue one situation uh where you have a narrative where they've said, oh, yes, you know, we, we're all about gender equality and we've got this amazing female protagonist and then every other character is a man. 
And actually, when you look at the character a bit more closely, you realise that she's completely passive, doesn't make her own decisions, just follows along as a completely reactive and so on. And I would say a little bit The Force Awakens as well. Uh, Ray is a little bit like that as well. So, and obviously that's just Star Wars and me lamenting the demise of one of my favourite properties of all time, but that's fine. <coughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's sort of problematic, but also, you know, it's uh, if we're trying to be see the silver lining, I would say it's good that big franchises or writers etc in general are saying that okay we need to include more female characters but then being misguided thinking that having one sort of you know having more screen time as it were makes representation good like you know somehow that if they're just on screen a lot that means they're important and they're they're you know waving the flag for female representation despite being really terrible <laughs> un unrealized characters or simply not having any lines things like that you know nothing to say just mm-hmm. appearing um as kind of background uh and maybe maybe they've heard the advice that is quite prevalent as in we i think we've touched upon it you know tertiary characters making them women peopling your world with actual people thinking about you know replicating kind of you know, we, we see so there's so much diversity in this world. Why do we not replicate it on the page? So, kind of slightly misinterpreting that advice, and and you know, almost just paying lip service to it. So you end up you end up with female characters who are literally just scenery, just backdrops. Yeah, I mean, so what what about uh, solutions or tricks, processes? You know what is not necessarily advice well I suppose it is advice but you know what does actually work to help us create better characters female or male um in your own writing or just in in general and you know why do certain things work when others others don't I say my first and foremost advice is to get some excellent beta readers um I know that I've had stories that I wasn't really sure about whether I'd captured the essence of a particular age bracket or um sex or whatever and I pass it on to people that I know and I trust and then they come back and either go yes that's excellent or like no I totally don't sympathize with that character at all Um, and I think that can that can make sure that even though it might be a piece of really good fiction in your head and it might sort of balance quite well and, and play out quite well nevertheless it doesn't sound realistic to the audience that you're aiming at or at least a selection of the audience so I think beta readers are absolutely indispensable when it comes to that read read around <laughs> read I'm mean, going to say read around the topic but I mean I hate to say women are a topic but oh my god there are so many fantastic books by women we talk about this all the time and 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 not just women there are plenty of men out there who are fantastic writers and they can write women too there are lots of great female characters um it's just about finding them it's about not confining yourself to reading the same books in the same genre constantly which is a temptation and I fully hold my hands up and say that I do tend to do this um but you know if you realize that you have a propensity to reading the same sort of books choose something different listen to someone else you trust whose opinion you trust and say okay well what what do you find interesting and you know and maybe you'll come across some slightly different viewpoints that will make you think twice about you know 
the next time you go around creating a story. I like to think about, you know, actual friends that I have here in real life and uh, sort of make lists. So to, uh, lists of like their hobbies, their interests, personality quirks, basically just general traits about a real life person and actually see them written down on paper and then pick a couple of them. Because, you know, when you're, you're writing, you're, you're never going to get across the entirety of a person. But when you actually sit down and, and look at like a list of one person's like many personality traits you see that you know there are quite a few that are a little bit uh working at cross purposes or you know and that kind of thing and you can see that people aren't quite as neatly packaged as many of the stereotypes and so on have led us to believe so it's mm -hmm. that for me that's a really kind of easy ish way to to come to building a character because I work from people I actually know and go okay well if in real life someone has these sorts of cluster of traits then not only does it become you know realistic but then I've got those traits I, I'm not starting from scratch so that's one way that I like to uh, combat the poorly defined character. Do you have a Professor Lockhart? J.K. Rowling famously said that Professor Lockhart was based on somebody real. I try not to do it like that. What I actually <laughs> I have done is done like pick like a trait from from a couple of different people and put that together as well so that nobody can tell that I've like put them in my book or in my story. <laughs> Although occasionally my mum will be like that's clearly taken from your father that's how you get inspiration we get inspiration from what we know uh, you know and, and yes we use we then use our imaginations to create something different and but to ground it with very real kind of interests and hobbies and passions that that's a good way to keep it feeling realistic and well developed i think yeah anyway <laughs> well it's coming back to the idea of the cheerleader who likes pizza isn't it yeah i mean who doesn't like pizza come on all like pizza <laughs> <laughs> so the concept of strong female character is bandied about a lot but there's a difference between a well-developed aka strong character and someone depicted as without weakness or you know completely over the top incredible and i think we sort of we have touched on this a little bit and and it's that kind of thing where you get this this like massively perfect amazing incredible character that can do anything and oh my god uh and you know certainly one side of this is the the kind of the toxic masculinity aspect where you have this you know strong character someone thinks means just the ultimate macho masculinity definition and even just make a woman embody that when you know, we want men to not even necessarily embody the uh, that men have to be strong and, and buff and fight everything, you know, that people can be different than that. And um, I know, Charlotte, kind of you wanted to talk about the idea around if some if you have a character who's like so amazing, how can there be room for any other characters in a story? Yeah, so I think we're going back to this trope of the woman in isolation and she's just so kick-ass and she doesn't interact um, and as we said previously a book is 
driven by conflict and it's driven by character interactions. How many times have you heard it say, oh, it's a, it's a character-driven book and they're the best kinds? So these these women, even as amazing as they are, need to be able to interact with everybody else and have relationships with them and have meaningful conversations, have a laugh, have a hangout, be, be hurt, you know, have their heart broken or stuff like that. Because if they don't, then it's not a very interesting book or movie or, or whatever. Um, so I think it, it is good to have strong female characters, although I do notice one of the articles Megan sent around said, if you've got to put strong in the description, you're clearly doing it wrong. They should already be strong. It shouldn't need to be said. Um, but I think having stronger female characters than we have seen in the past is definitely a good thing. But I think you also need to make sure you're not projecting masculinity on them and making them strong in the eyes of men, but in the eyes of women as well. And I think for women, it's very much about community and getting together and having a chat and having pizza, for example. We keep coming back to the cheerleaders and pizza. But that's all part of creating a strong character. It's not just their physical strength. It's not just being able to stand alone. It's being able to stand alone and yet at the same time be part of a group. It's being able to look after yourself and look after the people that rely and depend on you and, and have relationships with those people. I think all that needs to be encompassed when writing a, quotes strong female character. I always think maybe it's the term strong that's so misleading because most people think of strong as in like physically strong rather than emotionally or mentally strong. Maybe we should try and ditch the word and go for well-rounded, well-developed, realistic. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I th- I do think there's a probably that's why the term has become so problematic and s- so associated with masculine traits. Do you know what I would call it? Because realistic is not necessarily going to work. I would go with interesting, an interesting female character or an interesting male character, because that's at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to get capture the reader's interest, capture their empathy, their sympathy. Doesn't necessarily need to be realistic because, like you say, they might be fighting dragons. And how realistic can you make that when you've never seen a dragon? Uh, yeah, uh, you can still make it. I go for my my argument for realistic is simply human being realistic rather than make-believe creatures realistic as in I, I think I, the word I'm searching for is integrity rather than realism when writing your female characters try to challenge your assumptions women are complex interesting and competent vindictive vengeful and merciless maybe don't think about strong female characters aim instead for interesting <laughs>